In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Great Lent after the pre-Lenten Sunday. Today, on this Sunday of Great Lent, we read the, um, this portion of the Sermon on the Mount. Not that this portion of the Sermon on the Mount is more important than anything else, but if you are keeping track of the readings this week, even just the readings from yesterday to today, you'll realize that the Church is presenting us with whole sections from the Bible, but dividing it up over several days. So the Sermon on the Mount has been given to us starting last week and this week, and even continuing in some of the days of this week. The Sermon on the Mount is given to us as uh, the beginning, sort of as our focus, focusing on the commandments of God, focusing on this this short passage which is rich uh, and deep. And I encourage you not only to read it, uh, but to read it every day, to read it several times, to uh, try and memorize sections of it, because this is an important uh, teaching that our Savior gave us that has to always be in our minds. Each one of these verses, we can spend a long period of time talking about and discussing. Um, but I just want to focus on one verse, which is seek first the kingdom of God, which is typically the verse that we find ourselves meditating on because he's summing up everything that he just said. He's summing up and saying, forget about all this stuff. Forget about your life here on earth, the physical life that we work so hard on. Forget about all that and work work diligently towards the kingdom of God. St. John Chrysostom says, after Christ has set the soul free from anxiety, and that's a word we hear a lot today, anxiety. A lot of people have anxiety. A lot of people deal with their anxiety in different ways. And he's saying really, St. John's saying, Christ has set us free from all anxiety, and he makes mention of heaven. He says, for indeed, Christ came to do away with everything, the old way of thinking. The old way of thinking about what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? How am I going to take care of this issue and this issue and this issue and this problem? And he said, he's called us to a greater country. And he does everything. He takes care of everything that is unnecessary. He takes care of the clothing. He takes care of our health. He takes care of everything. He takes care of all of that so that our, um, uh, we don't have such a deep affection and love for earth. And he causes us to look and to think about the kingdom of heaven. We were not born to eat and to drink and be clothed, but we were born so that we might please God and attain the good things that are to come. And therefore, at the end of all these things here, he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added. And as we focused, I said last week, we're going to focus on what? Praying the Lord's Prayer intentionally. Intentionally. Praying it mindfully. Praying it and focusing on every word and every issue. Every word and every um, 
uh, clause of the Lord's Prayer. How often do we say the Lord's Prayer and just fly right through it? The prayer that our Savior gave us is a complete prayer. And one of the early petitions in it is, Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. So we say, Our Father, we talked about that a little last week, who art in heaven. We say heaven, thinking about it as our destination, as uh, the goal. And our Father who art in heaven is like the priest putting on his vestments, getting ready to pray liturgy. It is the beginning. We're getting ready, we're preparing ourselves. We say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, holy is your name. Maybe we'll get a chance to speak about that petition later. Hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what's interesting about those three petitions, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done, all of them have the modifier afterwards on earth as it is in heaven. So, hallowed be your name on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Just so that you understand what we are saying. And the kingdom of God, when Jesus Christ came, the kingdom of God was the most important thing that he preached about. It, most of his parables, or at least half of his parables, were about the kingdom of God. And you'll remind yourself, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. Even before he fed the multitudes, it said he went to a deserted place and they came and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Imagine I go and I travel to a very nice country and I'm so overwhelmed by this country, I'm so obsessed with this country that I come back and I tell you, look, I got to tell you about this country that I saw, what I saw, that what the people were doing, how they were eating, all the beautiful architecture, and I can go in and, you know, and he just, somebody who you say is just obsessed with something, Christ was obsessed with our righteousness, sorry, with our salvation, and he was obsessed with us getting to the kingdom of God. If I can use that word, obsessed. This was, for, for him, he wanted to impress on us the idea of the kingdom of God. This is where, Jesus Christ is saying, this is where I'm going to take all of you, if you want to come. This is where we're going, if you want to come. And the kingdom of God, one of the first things Jesus said was, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And whenever he cast out demons, he kind of summarized it by saying, that when, when the disciples were casting out demons, you say, the kingdom of God has come upon you. And in Luke chapter 17, he has this wonderful verse where he says, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. And so we know that all these petitions in the Lord's Prayer is really a request for Jesus, for God to come. Even when we say, your kingdom come, and we're seeking the kingdom above all things. It's this desire for the kingdom to come, for God to come. Because when He comes, His name will be glorified. When He comes, He will come with His kingdom. And when He comes, His will shall be done. So when we say, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are really praying for this return of God. 
And St. Gregory of Nyssa, when he meditates on the Lord's Prayer, he says, you have to understand, in the beginning when sin entered into the world and death through sin, the rule of Satan entered into the world. Death, which was um, a, a part of the, the kingdom of Satan, entered into this world. And when sin takes hold of me, sin and the kingdom of Satan becomes a part of it. And that's why we have to fight against sin as well. And we repent and we change. And he says, every suggestion, St. Gregory says, every suggestion from, uh, uh, from the very beginning, every suggestion turned to evil and turned to a form of death in us. Uh, Joe, can you just close this book? I think it, uh, this, this store. It's okay, Uncle Megdi. Uncle Megdi, we're gonna close this store, and uh, and it won't cause a breeze to kind of come through. I have to have some a little bit of cross breeze just because the incense it's starting to uh, affect my my coughing and stuff. So I I just need to have some fresh air. Forgive me. Um, but now going back to so the kingdom of 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 Satan. I, I don't like to talk about it like this, but St. Gregory, uh, and, and Gregory is just trying to make a point that when we are praying, your kingdom come, we're trying to say, you, let your kingdom come and enter within us so that sin and evil passions become, uh, become outside of us and are, not, are no longer controlling us. And this is a very interesting way of looking at your kingdom come. Because not only are we asking for the kingdom of God to come within me, but I want the kingdom of God to come here and be on this earth, to be among us. I mean, we're in an election year now, and uh, we're going to be fighting about who should be the president of the United States. And this reminds me of... Um, uh, one of the uh, an evangelistic a uh, uh, Protestant evangelist um, uh, sorry evangelical Protestant leader he wrote a book a long time ago in an election year uh, for the Christians to read and he wrote this book and the book was called Jesus for President mm -hmm. Jesus for President it was a very interesting book it was a very powerful book I'm not saying you have to go read it but I'm just saying the idea is that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever happens here, know that our people, our Coptic people, we have existed and lived and prospered under the worst leadership ever to be on the, on the world. Uh, we, have, we have prospered under uh, Islamic leaders. We have prospered under foreign leaders. We have prospered uh, in now even under current leadership. What do I mean by prospered? We have been able to live. We have been able to pray. Yes, it's been difficult. Yes, it's been hard. But we've learned valuable lessons along the way. And our history teaches us that it doesn't matter who's our, who's our president. It doesn't matter how much is getting cut from our taxes. It doesn't matter what's going on in the sense of our Christian faith. But, and this is just an aside... This is not about uh, the kingdom of heaven. Our Christian values should guide the way that we vote uh, all around. It uh, should be as holistic as possible. We should think about those who are in need. We should think about those who 
are, are, are having difficulty. We should think about this when we, when we are voting. But let's get back to the kingdom of heaven. When we say the kingdom of heaven, we're asking your kingdom come and not only be in my heart, but be in my neighbor's heart. Be in society's heart. Let us all focus on the kingdom which is to come. And when we focus on the kingdom to come, we're no longer going to be hung up on all the problems and issues that are happening in our day and age now. You know what's the best petition to fight against the coronavirus? Your kingdom come. Enough of this. We're sick of all these problems and these issues. Let your kingdom come. This is how we have to forget about what's here because everything that's here is, is going to fade away. But what is everlasting and eternal and what is to come, that is what is for forever. Now, St. Gregory of Nyssa, which we were talking about, his meditation was very, very, um, very nice and kind. But when you focus on St. Cyril's meditation, it's a lot more drastic. Why do we pray for the kingdom of come? And St. Cyril says, we, he commanded us to ask in prayer for this fearful time of the kingdom to come to make us know that we must live not carelessly, not in laziness, not in love of pleasure, but on the contrary, we must become saints and, according, and we must live according to God's will so that when this fearful time of the kingdom coming, when Christ comes again, He will bestow upon us crowns and not fire and condemnation. For it was not at all proper for the wicked and the impure who live lazy lives, who are guilty of every sin, it is not proper for them in their prayers to say, Your kingdom come. Look at this. He's saying to us, Be careful. If we're not living righteous lives and we're asking for the kingdom of God to come, be careful. And he, he pulls out a verse from Amos, which is a verse that we will read during uh, Holy Week. Woe unto those who desire the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be unto you? For it is darkness and not light and that thick darkness in which is no brightness. That's for the wicked. That's for those who call upon them, asking for the day of the Lord and are not ready for the day of the Lord. Amos 5.18 But the saints, who we are all called to become saints, ask that the time of the Savior's perfect reign come, that He comes. And the saints call upon this because they have labored dutifully, and they have a pure conscience. And they look for the requital of what they have already wrought. The saints, he says, have traded their talents, their minas. The saints have put on the armor of God and have fought in the war against evil. The saints have become a spectacle to those who are in the world and have woven for themselves crowns of martyrdom. The saints knew that by suffering for Him, they would also reign with Him. And every one of these is a reference to a passage in Scripture. Hopefully you are familiar with these passages. The saints knew that at the time of the resurrection, He will transform the body of their humiliation 
into the likeness of his glorious body. The saints fully believed what he said about the perfection of the world, that when he shall appear to them again from heaven, that the saints will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of the Father. <coughs> Saint Cyril says, it is for this reason that the saints prayed, Thy kingdom come. And we have to ask ourselves, especially during this period of great Lent, when we're praying for the kingdom of God to come, do we seriously mean it? And if we seriously mean it, are we preparing ourselves for it? And if we are preparing ourselves for it, are we living as though we are in it? Because the kingdom of God is within you. When we come here for liturgy, we're celebrating the kingdom of God. Here is the only place where Christ is in our midst. Not only through His Word, not only through uh, the priest who is uh, representing Christ, who is the high priest, but also in His body and His blood. And not only is He present, but He's calling all of us to be united with Him through His body and His blood. And so we are coming here to celebrate the kingdom. And oftentimes, I get this question, I get this um, uh, especially from uh, my children. What's the kingdom of heaven going to be like? And they often feel like it's going to be boring, right? <laughs> it's going to be something where, okay, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do for a little bit, and then we're going to get bored of it, like here. We play games, we get bored. We eat something, we get bored of it. If we eat it too many times, we go places, we get bored of it. He says, well, what's the kingdom of heaven? And I have to remind them, and I remind you, the kingdom of heaven. He says, I has not seen anything like the kingdom of heaven. All that you do here, the best, most greatest thing that you could possibly do here, is nothing like what you will see in the kingdom of heaven. And ear has not heard anything like what it's, what's going on in the kingdom of heaven. You can't even imagine and nobody can imagine. It says, and that's the third part. You've never seen it and you haven't heard anything about it. Because even though Christ said the kingdom of heaven is like this and the kingdom of heaven is like that, he still was not able to describe fully and completely what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he says, nor has come upon the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Not even in your imagination, in your heart of hearts, can you think of how great the kingdom of heaven is going to be there. All we need to know is that Christ is there. And that's why we want to be there with Christ. And Christ is here, and you have to believe that as well. Christ is here, and I want to be here in the midst with Christ. And that's why we come to train ourselves. We want to be with Christ. Is it difficult to be with Christ? Yeah. Is it something that's easy? No. It's not easy, but we know when we're there and when we are uniting ourselves and working towards this, we are um, uniting ourselves with the person, with, with, with God who is our peace, who is our joy, who is our hope, and who is the one who loved us more than we can possibly imagine and has allowed that love to overflow within our hearts. This is where we get retrained, reworked, we get redirected. And this has to be our goal and we have to train our eyes for this and for the kingdom of God. And we know that in His, in his presence 
as is said in the Psalms, are pleasures forevermore. So out, we have to train ourselves to delight on this. Read about the kingdom of heaven. Read the scripture. I can't emphasize enough, especially during this period of time, read the Bible. When I tell you to read three, five, seven chapters, if you have time, if you have time, and oftentimes we find ourselves, we got free time, right? And we end up wasting our time on, the, on some sort of website or internet or something that's not going to be of value. Even if it is of value, we're not going to remember it past a few minutes. You know, think about it. Think about, I, I don't know if there's a way to, to sort of check how many pages did I visit on the web in the last day. How many of those, before I even check which ones I went to, how many of those can I remember? But when we focus on the Word of God and we allow it to take root within our hearts, we remember and we allow that memory to encourage us to flourish as Christians, to flourish, to really grow, and to be the greatest that we possibly can be. The kingdom of heaven has to take root within us. May God allow us during this period of time of Lent to meditate on the Lord's prayer, to allow that prayer to become our prayer. That when we say these words, I said intentionally, when we say, your kingdom come, we are meditating, we know exactly what that means. And we want the kingdom of God to come. May the kingdom of God come and take root within us. May we always have this desire, this thirst, this longing to be with Him in the kingdom of God. To Him be the glory now and ever in teachable ages. Amen. Hold on, hold on. We have to talk about a few things.